everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic. And honestly thinking, hey, maybe wiring my jaw shut is just the weight loss aid I need. Although it did work for Homer with the whole, uh, you know, short ribs uh, movies. I, I would say just a sensible diet moderation yeah but that's hard you gotta, you gotta go for the extreme measures that's hi guys we are brought to you by supporters on patreon you can support us by going to patreon.com slash the simpson show for only dollars a month gain access to all of our bonus content strongly encourage everyone to check that out really encourage really uh thank all of all of our patrons for helping us keep the lights on help keep the show going this week's episode is jaws wired shut so D-A-B-F-O-5, originally aired January 27th, 2002, written by Matt Selman, directed by Nancy Cruz. Its original broadcast received an 8.7 rating, approximately 8.7 million viewers, finished 22nd in the ratings, making the most watched scripted program on Fox that night, Matt. Scripted. I love all the qualifiers. Well, it's the, the, the most watched animated. Oh, it's the most watched scripted. Uh, look, guys, it's just the best. Just, just get uh, up I mean, I don't know what else is airing that night on Fox. I mean, it's Fox, so you know. <laughs> oh, it's it just it never it, it never gets old. The the ragging on Fox, it just you every nope. you can do it forever, and it still works. Uh, Although the, pretty soon it'll become a crime once Disney uh, gets in charge, they'll hunt you down and kill you, or force you to star in one of well, their TV see, shows. This is the trick Disney pulls. They just make good stuff. Uh, that seems like a lot of work. I mean, I, if that were the key, why hasn't Fox been doing that for the last 30 years? It, it's harder. Apparently not for Disney. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I didn't see that line. Lion King live action garbage. And because CGI monstrosity. So I don't know. I'm not going to necessarily <laughs> speak for that. But uh, largely Disney makes quality programming and movies that I like watching. Uh, the couch gag. The Simpsons are dressed as silent movie characters. I liked it. It's surprisingly new and fresh, and it doesn't take too long, which is nice with some of these new ones that take forever. Eh, I can deal with it as long as it's fun. I'll, I will sacrifice the time if it's fun. Especially, like, now. And, it, like, season 31 Simpsons, I'm perfectly well, content yeah, that's with true. season 30, season 31, 32, 30, 30, 34, 35... 36, 37, 38. You guys, we're losing Robbie. <laughs> this episode, okay, man, I don't know what this means. It says this episode guest stars Dana Gould, John Kassir, and Tim Allen. Not shown and not seen. Maybe that means they just their characters and scenes got cut, which is probably a good thing. I I don't know what else, I don't know what else there would be in this episode. Uh, I guess, I mean, there could be just random gar- random nonsense, like maybe more of the gay pride parade. Or at the oh the, yeah, that's that's just what Tim Allen would be in on, <laughs> or the country club perhaps. Maybe um, the episode begins with Homer reading uh, a magazine, reading Pie Times. Get it, get it, because it's like High Times. Ha, yeah, ha, ha, uh, ha. and yeah, there's a like there is a uh, a pie centerfold of some. That's just a baking magazine. I don't know why yeah. they they make it sound so gross. Uh, there's there's there are baking magazines you know home home magazines where they're baking okay uh he's interrupted by a lot of noise coming from the street and it turns out it is time for the gay pride parade um 
Hmm. What do you feel about the gay pride parade in this episode of The Simpsons, Matt? Um, I applaud them for having people who are not straight, but uh, it might as well just be a giant a collection of stereotypes, essentially, uh, which is not good overall. Yeah, it's not. I didn't really. There was not much there that I thought was. I thought the um, salute to safe sex was funny. That was pretty good. Yeah, I like that, especially because the the big they the two dudes. I guess I assume they were dudes because they had drawn on mustaches <laughs> on their big safety suits. I thought that was funny. Um, trying to think of anything else in there. It, it you know they Homer is watching with the family. The family is kind of like Lisa even says like Yeah, we get it. You're. I mean, I don't. Pride parade. She says still, uh, you do this every year. We are used to it. I don't pride parades still face a lot of backlash, so I don't think that's fair. But I don't know. I, I think there is I mean, a certain in Springfield apparently they're used to it. I guess in yeah, in Springfield, the very progressive city of Springfield, uh they're used to gay pride parades. Uh it, you know, you we get an array of gay stereotypes. Uh and and then we get the gay dog. Yeah, this is where it really went off the rails for me. It's like, um, what what is this this is supposed to be funny i guess but I, it's really not and it says the helper is like interested and and then homer gets alarmed by his dog maybe being interested in a gay dog it's very i i have i come away from this scene with one question matt mm. and maybe i'm just too young to real is brunch was brunch considered like a quote-unquote gay thing uh, I believe it was at first. It was one of those things where everyone's like, oh, you know, the gay people, they love brunch. And really, I think it was just because at first brunch was a thing that city folk did. And that's where all the gay people live, because otherwise they would be killed. Uh, so at first, that was the thing. But then it, everyone realized how uh, great brunch is. And now no one cares anymore. <laughs> uh, Matt, you're very funny. So the family, uh, because Homer's so scared of the gays, he got a scary case of the gays. He had to run away. Uh, he goes. They go to see a movie. They go to see Shenanigans, of course, which is quite a, a quite a name for a movie. Um, we, but it, they never get to the movie, and that's kind of the joke. Uh, we see the 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 and this i guess this was of the time when this was just kind of starting when you know this this wasn't like a i don't know i'm kind of at the when i go to the movies i'm kind of just used to like oh i'm gonna have to spend half an hour watching things before i get to see my movie well yeah it's to the point where like we don't even show up on time like if we get to the movies on time that is early i mean because they have safe seats now uh, unfortunately, Alamo Drafthouse, if you show up late, they don't let you in. Ugh, screw them. They also, I mean, but they also kick people out if they are on their phones. I mean, that's fine. I, I wholly support that. But if they're going to show 30 minutes of previews, why the hell would I be on time? Like, if you keep, don't let people in once the actual movie has started, that's fine. But if you don't let people in for the pre, if they show up after the previews have started, screw you. Well, to, to be fair, they only generally show, they, they're pre- their pre-preview stuff, which is usually most theaters is commercials, they actually have like interesting uh, selection of material that is related to the movie, and they usually show two or three previews, and then it's the movie. Oh, that's not so bad. Then, but show, still, they don't show like six or seven. I mean, but then you, you know, people aren't going to be walking in uh, late. They don't, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think everyone is far too 
sensitive about stuff like that. I really don't care. If you want to be on your phone, that's fine. It doesn't distract me at all. People walking in, I completely ignore I it. Disagree I think we all as a society have gotten way too concerned about what other people are doing. I don't if you're in my movie, stay off your phone. I don't want the light of the screen in my face. Man, you people are so easily distracted. Matt, mm. do not even don't you dare talk about easily distracted mr i need to click i need a fish in wow while i'm recording a podcast because i can't focus i just Robbie, can't i listen. can't help it if you're not very interesting i mean that's just the way it is you need to I, engage. I have to do what i have to I'm do i'm sorry season 12 simpsons isn't exciting anymore <laughs> uh well that was definitely true of season 12 <laughs> season 13 is better so far which we should probably get to eh 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 um, well, we get some terrible early commercials and stuff. We get an Aud- a Tom Hanks versus is not Tom Hanks trivia question. That's Autumn Shank. That's a, this. This episode's very. Uh, there's a lot of like uh, uh, references that I had forgotten were in this episode, specifically yeah. the Autumn Shank thing. Um, but there's terrible uh, previews, including for that. What is the name of that mummy movie? Oh, I can't remember it now. Uh, oh yeah soccer mummy it's soccer mummy yeah it's just soccer mummy played by ed o'neill uh i'm gonna ask you a question matt is that is that making fun of the dumb dumb comedies or is that just i think so yeah okay okay so there's people in the in the the forums who are a little upset about the boner comedy (laughs) The, the rap, literal boner comedy. I mean, it's incredibly dumb, and it goes on for way too long, but, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're lampooning things that deserve it. I guess that's true. Um, but we get to the point where every, the whole audience is starting to get tired. They're impatient. They want to see the movie that they paid for. And Homer, of course, is the most impatient and the most frustrated, and he is driven crazy by the previews and starts riling up the crowd. So many previews, so many previews, so many previews. And now, our feature presentation. <gasps> if that's a phrase you like to hear, then you'll love Movie Call. Start the movie! Start the movie! Start the movie! We're out of control. Well, if we wanted to live forever, we wouldn't have become ushers. try to calm dad down i prefer to egg him on hey dad has the movie started yet homer you're going to get in trouble i'm not scared of those ushers what are they gonna do advance on me this ends here and so for helping to ko litter in our community I hereby dedicate this statue of Dredrick Tatum. Litter is my most treacherous foe. I would like to eat his children. My mouth. My beautiful mouth. Excellent bout. Now we go party. (laughs) Indeed. Excellent bout. Now we go party. That's what you want to hear. I do. The, uh... I, I do like the idea that Jedrick Tatum's statue knocks, just breaks or his jaw. And doesn't just... I mean, really, how fast was Homer running? Because he had to be booking it, man. 
I mean, he was being chased by ushers carrying gigantic giant Kit Kats. If someone was chasing me with a giant Kit Kat, I wouldn't run. I'd open my mouth and be like, "Go for it," because <laughs> Kit Kats are delicious. You don't eat like you eat Kit Kats like a person, right? Oh, uh, like splitting them up into individual ones? Yes, you break them off one at a time and then eat that, right? Most of the time. Sometimes I, I'm a monster and I just take giant bites of them. Matt. Robbie, you know I'm a monster. We've done how many podcasts together? I know, but still. I, I do want a giant Kit Kat, though. Can we get a Kit Kat that that's big? I want the big. I want that. I want the size of, you know. A two by four. I mean, I know that around Christmas time, especially, they sell a one that's not quite that big, but it's like maybe a third that size. But yeah, it looks incredibly delicious. I might just buy myself that as a Christmas present to me. You should. Maybe I'll buy one for everyone. <laughs> everyone gets a giant Kit Kat bar. Best <laughs> Christmas ever. <laughs> we go to commercial. That's five minutes and forty five seconds in. It's a very short first act. And it's and when we come back, uh, it's great because that is the inciting incident. Like, there's no inciting incident to an inciting incident to an inciting incident to finally plot. In this case, this is pretty much the plot. We're already here at the start of the second act, and it was a short first act, so that actually works pretty well for once. I just wanted to point that out. So, uh, at this point, Homer is uh, at Dr. Hibbert's, uh, getting his jaw checked out. It turns out that his jaw is... They don't use the word shattered, but I feel like if they have to wire your jaw shut, it's pretty much shattered. Uh, so, basically, Homer's in a... Uh, what would you call that? Like a the metal thing uh, a brace like, like an iron was that a brace yeah like a jaw brace it's almost like an iron maiden for your jaw kind of thing so of course uh homer has cannot have any solid foods which are his favorite unfortunately so he jumps in the suicide chair uh no this is not an additional futurama joke uh apparently it's awful because apparently it's also a fat joke on top of a suicide joke and then a sex joke layered on top of that so when we talk about things that don't like this episode this might be the worst part although the gay pride parade earlier also pops in there I, so I you can, know i can we'll see like it's not i would say I, I would say this isn't nearly as bad as the gay pride parade uh and this is not even that offensive a suicide joke considering typically mo is <laughs> That's true. Most of the worst and, suicide and, jokes. This one is not as bad. And it's not really a fat. I wouldn't call it. A, I wouldn't call it a fat joke in the normal sense. It is morally. It is merely just a direct application of Homer's size when applying medicine. You know, when if you're larger than an average size, it you know anesthesia is different. You have to apply different uh, different amounts of medicine to people. So I you know I, it's nothing. Uh, Dr. Hibbert is not insulting Homer when he does that. He's just simply saying that the the suicide machine doesn't work on Homer because he weighs too much. It's not, but he's not saying that Homer is bad because he weighs that much. That's true, but it's mostly, uh, I think the the idea for the joke was that, hey, look, uh, you know, things don't work right for Homer because he's fat. But you're right. Maybe they were going for just something that's like, hey, in medicine, the dose is the poison. It's a so. really high, this is highbrow suicide chair joke, Matt. It is. It is. Obviously. And because of that, we're going to move past it because obviously we're giving them the benefit of the doubt here. Uh, so Homer is at home. He's trying to eat a steak. He can't because obviously his jaw is wired shut. Bart takes advantage of him by saying that he explicitly has to tell Bart, you know, say the words, you can't do this, which obviously Homer cannot. Uh, so Bart and Milhouse go off to do some jackass thing. I, it's not important. It never comes back. It just shows that Homer's having a tough life with his jaw wired shut. Uh, the next example of that is when Homer goes to the bar to Moe's. He has to drink his beer through a straw. Poor Homer. Never, ever drink beer through a straw. That's that's weird and gross. Uh, but in addition to that, he fails the Duff trivia challenge because of his jaw. 
Duff lovers. Does anyone in this bar love Duff? Hey, it's Duff Man. Newswick said you died of liver failure. Duff Man can never die. Only the actors who play him. Oh, yeah. Ah, you must be here for the uh, Duff Trivia Challenge. That's right, local distributor. One of you could win a lifetime supply of Duff. Okay, Chug Monkeys. What beverage brewed since ancient times is made from hops and grains? How about ancient hop grain juice? <coughs> wait, wait, wait. Homer's trying to make a guess. <coughs> Do it. You're getting some kind of booze all over me. <coughs> time's up. The answer is beer. Ooh, duff luck. I never would have figured that out. That's the kind of thing you just gotta know. <laughs> so yes, uh, no one wins because Homer cannot say beer. Uh, also, I really enjoy ancient hop grain juice, which is what I call beer most of the time now. Just so you guys know, it's your favorite. No, I know you love beer, man. It's your favorite. Thing I do. Drink. I enjoy ancient hop grain juice. I that's if you call it beer, though. I don't like it. But if you call it ancient uh, hop grain juice, I'm all about it. How about a white claw? Do you like a white claw, man? I, I do not, actually. Um, it's seltzer, and I I despise seltzers in all forms, hard or soft. <laughs> Moving along. Uh, so Homer is having a tough time with his jaw being shut because we all know Homer is a giant loudmouth who is just constantly talking to fill up space uh, when there's no sound around. So when Marge refuses to make him a spare rib smoothie in bed, uh, he decides that, well, you know, I can't stand silence because that's the kind of person I am. So he asked Marge how her day was. And this is a revelation for Homer because Marge's response is about how Ned Flanders is being crazy because obviously he's Ned Flanders and he's being crazy because I mean, he, he does all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, so Homer learns something, oddly enough. He's just like, oh, well, I learned that, you know, Marge is, is a good match for me after all. How about that? Uh, and the same thing happens the following day uh, with Lisa. Lisa comes in and is having a rough day uh, because of something involving Ralph and Hopscotch and whatever. And by listening to her, <laughs> Lisa feels. M. <laughs> yes. Foursquare. Foursquare. My bad. Foursquare Hopscotch. You know, those those games that kids play and is on the ESPN, uh, the Ocho on August 8th. So I would watch competitive Foursquare. I'm sure it's probably like competitive tetherball. It's probably incredibly intense when you play it competitively, but you know, when kids play it, it's not interesting at all, like any sport. So, uh, Lisa has a bad day. So well, with are, you, four are you saying gymnastics isn't, isn't an exciting sport? Not when anyone under the age of like 16 does it. No. What, what about diving? Uh, again, no. Di even see, I'm okay with swimming, diving in general. I'm like, about, eh, it's all right. I'll watch it if nothing else is on. Tennis. Tennis, I'm actually okay with. I mean, children, there's under people under underage uh, professionals in tennis. I mean, like actual professionals that are under the age of 18? Yeah, correct. Really? Huh. Yeah. All right. All right. So maybe some children are okay, but not eight-year-olds, okay? <laughs> okay. Eight-year-olds. I don't want to watch an eight-year-old do anything, personally. It's what if they're a year eight-year-old and they're like looking lovingly I'm up, up not going to have an eight-year-old ever they're looking lovingly up in your eyes they're going papa matt papa matt read us a bedtime story papa matt the only eight-year-olds that are going to say anything like that are my cats are going to meow at me because they're hungry papa matt so so anyway uh so lisa and homer have a wonderful moment because homer can't talk and ruin it you'll sense a theme coming up uh <laughs> next up uh homer is hanging out with bart uh because 
rather than just watch TV in this particular occasion, I guess because once again, Homer can't talk and ruin it, he is building a model airplane with Bart. So the substitute teacher comes in and says her name is Mrs. Duty, and everyone's looking at me like, take it, Bart, run with it. And it hits me. I've become a clown, a class clown, and it sickens me. Wow, Bart has feelings. <laughs> Mrs. Duty. Three wars back, we called sauerkraut Liberty Cabbage, and we called Liberty Cabbage Super Slaw. And back then, a suitcase was known as a Swedish lunchbox. Of course, nobody knew that but me. Anyway, long story short, is a phrase whose origins are complicated and rambling. I also forgot the long story short bit uh, was in this particular episode. So yes, as we can see, Homer is getting along with his, his entire family better because he can't ruin things by talking, which is what Homer does. Also by his actions, but we're kind of pushing that to the side in this episode, which may be my one like nitpick, but whatever. I mean, I think it is... I, I have plenty of nitpicks about the episode. I think largely it's sound. Um, I, I do have lots of nitpicks about it. I think that are, you know, I think, frankly, are a for, or or a are a foreboding harbinger of the, of the years of Al Jean to come, uh, because I think it loses a little focus kind of at the end of the episode a little bit, uh, and I think it doesn't go as far as it could with just the central premise, which is I think what you're kind of saying right now, Matt. But I think largely it does. It, you know, it shows that all it takes are all Homer has just been a situation where he ha he can't talk much and he has to listen to it, it, entertain himself to other people, not just to television. And he becomes a better person and also a somewhat more boring person. And I think that's, that's true. I well, as I say, I feel like one of the issues I have in this episode, we'll probably get one of this more at the end, is that it equates Homer not being able to talk with Homer losing his wacky side. And I don't think there's necessarily a direct line between those two, but it makes the story work in an interesting way. So I'm willing to go with it. Well, I mean, I think also it has something to agree with like, hey, listen, if you're listening to people, it heightens your empathy and Homer's empathy, certainly it, increases because he has to listen to people engage with people and have his conversations instead of just like talking about nonsense the entire time and i think that's what they're trying to get at not necessarily he's less wacky but i think it's because i think he is aware i i, I think i think again they don't show again this is another nitpick nitpick about this is they don't really show us this but i think it is supposed to imply that like because he's suddenly more empathetic about all his family members and his friends that he understands, oh, actually, all that behavior was actually very detrimental to them. And I care about them, so I don't want to hurt them. That's what I get. You know, and again, they, yeah. they don't yeah. really show that much. They're like they they don't they they don't have time to like go in depth on all that stuff. Uh, I maybe in some alternate version of this episode, they could, but it would certainly not have the ending it does. But I, I mean, I think. It's supposed to just be like, hey, his empathy has gone up, so he's not just – he's not getting in trouble because he understands it causes problems for the entire family. Like, Marge herself is like – later on, she's like, oh, we haven't called – the di the 911 button has dust on it. And I think it's more about not like – oh, it's not his wacky side. It's his dangerous and reckless side. And, you know, that directly is – I don't know, directly to his, you know, how how that affects his family when he realizes that they all are – I don't know. It, it. I think my 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 biggest complaint, honestly, is 
are we supposed to think that Homer never thought his son had feelings prior to this moment? I mean, I assume that for Homer, because Homer is a terrible human being in general. I think Homer is usually smart enough to know that his son has feelings. I think, in general, like default Homer, I would, I, I think would know that, but eh, who knows? So yes, uh, at this point, uh, we get into the further continuation uh, of Homer's. Uh, limitations essentially uh the big springfield formal event uh no other inciting uh <laughs> reason uh, is given uh is you know the the following night so homer and marge get all dressed up they go uh homer can't eat so everyone is impressed about that uh he can't say stupid things uh or at least when he does uh they can't hear him so they just assume he's a good person uh, and I feel like this episode edges dangerously close to the whole thing. Well, you know, if you just don't talk, people will assume good things about you. And that's not always the case. But again, we're just going to go with it in this particular episode because Homer not doing something stupid basically means that he's improved. Uh, so things go really, really, really well uh, at this particular formal event. And not even the donkey can convince Homer to do awful things like, you know, ruin the cake and whatnot, uh, because obviously the donkey is a terrible influence. So at the end of the night, uh, everyone is super happy. Homer is actually happy despite having become a boring person. Uh, and Marge is, for the most part, satisfied for now. And then we go to a commercial. I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't think this episode's going for it, but it does feel almost like it almost gets to the point where this episode's like Homer is a terrible character for our television show if we make him likable if we make him like like a good empathetic person he's a terrible character for our television so especially as the lead ostensibly i i feels like that this episode is hinting at that at multiple times yeah yeah i definitely see where you're going with that i'm not sure i agree but i definitely see well i mean i how I, you could think i i think they don't necessarily are saying it like they're not making a point of the show but i think it's just by the nature of this episode where homer suddenly starts listening and becomes a good person it makes it oh we need someone to we need a pot stirrer we need someone to start something to make the episode go and if it's not homer it has to be someone else yeah and if that's another person in this episode this episode is almost exclusively a homer marge episode so that's where we're going to go. Yeah, so we we are settling in. When we come back, we're kind of settling into a new status quo where Homer is calm and collected and, and has a normal, like, he's not really, like, calling it boring, I guess. It, it, I would say calling him a normal person at this point. Like, he just isn't going, like, in causing chaos. Like, you know, a, a cartoon He's character. not Captain Wacky. He's not Captain Wacky. And we... Kind of see that around the house. We see um, Homer kind of proselytize this new belief, the new belief of listening to uh, Lenny and Carl. We see Marge at home starting to get a little alarmed by this new status quo. Hmm. All clean, just the way I left it. I'm gonna kill you! Well, so much for the new Homer. What's going on? We're rehearsing a play. Yes, and I was merely reading the title. I'm gonna kill you. Hmm. It's just a false alarm. Yep. Nothing to get excited about. Well, I'll be in the kitchen if you need me. Professor Van Doren, so good to see you. Oh, rehearsing a play, I see. 
This place is so dull. The 911 button is covered with dust. I just poured myself a new glass of milk. The old one sat out for a little while. Are you coming to bed? It's 7.30. Marge, I could stand here and argue with you, but then I'd have to get a new glass of milk. Good night, honey. Boy, things are going really good. Good, 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 good. Hmm. Look at that freckle. I should take that out. Good, good. That feels good. <gasps> this place is so boring. If somebody doesn't do something interesting, I'm gonna have to. But what? The Demolition Derby? Oh, that'll scratch my itch. Marge? Marge is gone. But at least the Demolition Derby form is... What? No! Oh, no. No. What could have happened to it? Oh, no. Um... I did uh, I did not mention the very long <laughs> afternoon yak session sequence scene Matt right yes I did not afternoon, yeah. I did not mention that which is it's just the the uh what the hell is the name of that show in real life um the the, the view. view the view it's just a long view parody I I it's not like it's not full of like offensive stereotypes like the no gay pride parade but i don't like the view and i don't like parodies of the view because it's just them saying things that are like the things they say on the view so if you don't like one you probably don't like the other so let's just move on past it uh, yeah uh i don't think there's an iteration of the view that i have enj ever enjoyed yeah i don't think so no and i'm not no, most of the people I, on that Homer show are is, for some reason goes on the on the on on this the afternoon yak and uh they make him promise i i mentioned it simply because it's in the episode but i did not pull any i was like i should i'm like thinking i'll pull clips for this i'm like i don't want to listen to this uh it's the part of the show that i like the least uh frankly uh because it's long and boring and marge is bored by this new status quo signs up for the demolition derby and that's the thing matt i think that's this it's the third act kind of waver waveriness if that's mm -hmm. a word, it it was about Homer becoming a better person and his that impact on the family. And then it turns into Marge out of the blue signing up for a demolition derby because she's bored. It, it, I, a little too much for me, a little too far. Yeah, it's it's a bridge too far. As a says. little too much. It's a little like and there's not much motive. Like she's just bored. I mean, we saw her bored in uh, uh, You Only Move Twice. And she started drinking. <laughs> she drank wine. She drank half a glass oh, of wine a day. Oh, oh no. my god, a whole half. Um, and I, you know, it just feels like a. It's like zero to hundred, real quick. And I don't need. I Marge doesn't. She's never that type of character to me. She's always like measured and reserved. And if she is going to just do that big jump into something, I need a little bit more motivation that she's at home and everything's good. Like I don't. You know, a little bit more of a realization that, oh, actually, I'm with Homer not because just because we love each other. It's like I actually, in some weird way, enjoy his chaos because it gives me meaning. I'm cl I, even if I'm just cleaning up after him, it's like I like 
have that thing to do. And now that I don't, I've kind of lost a little bit of focus about myself. Like, I wish that was a little bit more explicit. Um, Cause I think that would really work and could actually like directly apply to Homer and Marge's relationship. But they just have her go like, I'm very bored. I signed it for a demo derby. And she takes the, their own car. Well, of course. I mean, it's Marge. Where else is she going to get a car? Homer would have stolen like the Wienermobile or something. But, you know, Marge is, is practical. I mean, Otto took the school bus. <laughs> Sorry, the skull bus. <laughs> this It's the sc- Thank you. Right? Thank you, Matt. It's the skull bus. Thank you. Um, So Marge goes and joins the Demolition Derby. Uh, And she's having some fun. Oh, my God. I hit someone. Then I taunted him. I've never felt more alive. (laughs) What was I thinking trying to feel alive? Forget that. (laughs) Don't hurt me. I'm not like you people. I'm loved. I really do like that line a lot. Yeah, right. Like she's like, oh, no one would do this if they had anything to live for. I'm not like you people. I'm loved. <laughs> um, so Marge, having fun at first, has a little, starting to have trouble. And I guess she's finally realizing the danger of her situation. Although I will say it is, it is frowned upon to run into the driver's side uh, door in a demolition derby you're not supposed to really that's good to know you're not supposed to do that you're supposed to try and destroy the car not hurt the person inside the car um and generally if you're if the driver is in danger you're you're i believe the driver in most demolition derbies the car is pulled if the driver is like if the you know the compartment where the driver will be is too in too much danger that they they will be stopped they're out of the race out of the derby or whatever so we get Homer realizing the margins in the Demolition Derby. He, he, he runs to the, I, I don't know, arena where this is taking place and needs to save her. He doesn't know how to do that now, which is going back to what you were talking about, Matt. Like suddenly his behavior is suddenly incredibly different. And so he doesn't know how to. Yes, uh, I think it's interesting that they have never showed him drinking uh, once he became a boring person. Uh, so I, I think we're supposed to be led to believe that he has given it up, essentially. I mean, he was drinking the beer with a straw when he had a, the when he had the thing at his jaw. But after after, you know, he got it off. I feel like they were like, oh, yeah, he doesn't drink anymore. I don't know about that. I mean, he was drinking milk, to be fair, not beer. Right. At, at night. So that is something that's interesting. I, and there's a, And that's the thing. There's a lot of stuff in this that, like, you have to just take that for granted for it to make sense. Well, yeah, if you stop drinking beer, he'd certainly act, you know, more reasonable, more responsible. Yeah, but Exactly. But they don't say that ever. They don't say it. They don't even mention it. So Homer doesn't know what to do. Uh, luckily, there is there. You, Matt, you mentioned some beer. Luckily, there is some beer nearby that turns Homer into Popeye. What do I do? What do I do? Wait, I know. Beer here. Sure, Sonny. Delicious. I'm gonna save Smeetway. Now let's get this show on the road. So many things. Quit banging my wife! 
line on a donkey. Never in my six weeks on the job have I seen the likes of this. Yeah, it looks like I need some fuel for me mule. Gas for me ass. <laughs> Oh, looks like little angel. Now to save me, Marge. Homer, <laughs> oh, save me! Save me! <laughs> Saved her! Oh, isn't it great to have the old dad back? I thought you liked the new dad. Whatever. <sighs> this family needs a live wire, but it's just not me. That's okay, Marge. You're a good wet blanket. Kind I like wrapped around me. I would not wrap a wet blanket around a live wire. Although I think... Uh, that, yeah, I that, would not I, wrap a wet blanket around anything, honestly. I would say that's, that is... I'm guessing that is purposeful. That... that uh, that What's the word when you lay two things over each other? Uh, metaphorically, Matt. Uh, that... Juxtaposition. Juxtaposition, no. I believe, is purposeful. Uh, what do you think, Matt, about this extended Popeye reference? I'm. There have been so many worse things in the Scully years that I feel like this is a bit too much, but I'm willing to let it go in this particular episode. <laughs> You've seen worse, so it's okay? Basically, yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you, honestly. <laughs> I think I've seen I've seen worse, so I, it's okay. It's not great. I hesitate to even use the word good. I think this ending isn't that good. No, I mean it, it resolves things and it does so in a decent way, but it it has to involve a wacky action scene, and I feel like those are a cheap cutout, essentially, uh, essentially for the uh, the Simpsons writers. A, a a shortcut to a an ending. Really, it's not even yeah. like I mentioned earlier that I wish Marge had just voiced like, hey, we need some. I, I actually like having someone in the family that causes chaos because it gives me purpose or whatever. And it, we don't get any of that. And then she's just like, I guess I'm not meant to be the live wire. I'm like, well, you didn't really. That became a thing three minutes ago. It, it, it like that little arc of hers only lasted the last four minutes of the episode or whatever. There was no, there wasn't a lot of buildup. There wasn't a lot of it throughout, like, until, like, literally until Homer is finally, is home, healed, after they go on the television show, then she starts realizing that she she doesn't like the peace and quiet. Like, wouldn't she have that, you know, there sh that, sh that should be foreshadowed a little earlier on, her Marge's arc at the end of this thing, because this really... I don't I hesitate like that's my other critique of it is that it doesn't quite do any one thing it has well yeah I, I feel like if Marge had you know a, a, a sentence here or there or a weird look that saying she's getting a little bored in the second act it would be make more sense in the third act it would make more sense and it would I think make this episode feel more cohesive I think it, it deviates a lot in that third act and makes it feel less consistent and about its tone and its theme like it, it makes all like all the way up through the end of the second act it all is saying one thing and at the end of the third act and the suddenly third act's like swerve uh homer is better off not 
being that kind of guy and Marge needs that kind of thing in her life. Well, that's fine. That's well and good. It needs to be, you need to introduce those concepts a little earlier in the episode, I think, for it to land strongly. I frankly, I will say this episode feels in some ways like a breath of fresh air because Homer can't be Homer in it. You know, he can't be the normal Homer. He has to be a normal human. And after years of Homer being varieties of crazy, this is nice. Well, yeah, because like you said, we haven't seen this Homer. This is the normal humor who get uh, Homer who gets hurt, and and you know it doesn't just shake off things that would kill a person, and, and that's good to see. <laughs> uh, being slight, I think that's what's so so jarring about the Popeye stuff, and that the rest of the episode is actually very realistic, even though there is like a donkey that's just hanging around, and you know there's still this. And I think that's the that's how far we've come, Matt. And both of us are like, eh, we don't like we don't we discount the the cartoon donkey that is just hanging out with Homer all the time. And the like, there's a lots of still cartoony the gay dog stuff. Like, it's a lot of cartoony stuff still around. And we're just kind of like, oh, we've seen the worst of it. This is nothing compared to what we've seen. Yeah, <laughs> we're like a Rucker Howard at the end of Blade Runner. Um, we just made it through the Scully years. I, I think. Uh, this episode is okay. Well, yeah, it's obviously not as good as a Golden Years episode. I would even put it as not good enough for season nine. But, you know, when you're comparing it to the Scully Years, it's practically Citizen Kane. I think it's okay. It's it's very watchable. It has It's it's funny. I laughed at it. Uh, I think there's some solid jokes. There's also some cringe, cringe-worthy stereotype stuff with the gay, the gay jokes and... And the I I just don't like the view, and I don't like parodies of the view. That's just me. I think a lot of people probably don't care about that stuff at all. But uh, I think the show, this episode is, it's all right. You know, it's okay. I, I mean, it doesn't make me angry. It 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 it, it, it is it is it at least closely resembles the thing that I love, which is all I can ask for anymore. I guess it's the best I can get, Matt. It, that's good enough for now. A resemblance of love. Exactly. That's where we're at. That's that's as close as we're going to get. We're like an old marriage that has settled into a routine and we're too lazy to move on to something else. <laughs> but we will we will see a couple other shows on the side, like King of the Hill or Bob's Burgers. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll rank this episode at the end of the show. Uh, no submissions for my favorite episode. My favorite episode. Oof. I need to enunciate. I... I would suggest this episode is not broken, Matt. I would agree. It's it's not broken. It's not the best, but at least it works. Yeah, it works, I think. Uh, we can move on to our next thing. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I look through the nohomers.net forum. I switch, switch over from the alt.tv Simpsons news group and see what people thought about the week, uh, the episode after it debuted. See what some thoughts were. Uh, generally, very positive. Uh, Matt, we had seventeen uh, percent doing five out of five, forty-six percent four out of five, and seventeen percent, uh, or you know, nineteen percent. Excuse me, I'm misreading. At three out of five, so that's you know, that's a sizable majority that are. This is more good than bad. Indeed, uh, this is one of those episodes that everyone says, hey, this is episode's pretty good. It's not outstanding, but then again, the outstanding episodes generally have tons of ones and tons of fives. So this is probably a good place. I think this is what Al Jean was aiming for when he took the show back over. Yeah, probably. Uh, I do have some reviews. Um, 
Uh, granted, some of the humor seems so far from The Simpsons we know and love, but other parts are excellent. A Return of Afternoon and Yak was well done. Soccer Mummy was a great parody of so many stupid movies these days, up until the boner line was just plain wrong and immature. Maggie's reaction to the gay dogs. Bart talking about being class clown. Millhouse had his mom on the show. Lisa's impersonation of Ralph. Marge in the Derby. Bart and Millhouse planning to recreate Jackass. Love Joy's peck implants on Thursday. The Quiet Place itchy and scratchy opening. Awesome. Uh, next, Homer and the Donkey was the ticket for me. Popeye tribute all the way. Some people may argue that this was stupid, too cartoonish, but it's a cartoon. If it was Family Guy, no one would have complained. Mm. Family Guy and the Simpsons are not the same show. Uh, however, these are just the high points of the episode. Pretty much everything else sucked. All the dumb sex jokes, absolutely unnecessary. B plus. B plus. Sucked. B plus. Uh, I like this episode. It's actually pretty funny in parts. Well, the the uh the besides the high points everything else sucked which i mean i feel like his high points encompass most of the episode honestly i, I like this episode it was pretty actually pretty funny apart so was a nice guy for an episode and not a screaming moron i laughed out loud when maggie watched the gay dog parade looked at her bottle shrugged and chucked it this that was gold here's a patty or some i'm guessing patty though there's no way to know since her voices are identical and sends a little helper unless he's too stupid to know the difference which is possible are gay too the homage to Popeye was great, if it had bordered on overdone. The parts with the donkey were appropriately silly. Three stars. So, all positive so far. Uh, final one, I got a negative. Uh, I actually had high hopes for the episode. Al Jean's other episodes have been decent. This one was written by Matt Selman, and I thought it would be a, more, a lot more like Homer, but deeper. Uh, the, Homer, the humor was pretty poor throughout. Many sex jokes, jerk-ass Homer moments, gimmicky jokes, grip-offs, simple stereotypes, psycho humor... Uh, poorly done slapstick and wacky psychic. As for the plot, I don't. I just didn't find myself caring what happened. Homer decided to be nice. Marge joining the demolition derby. These plot elements just came out of nowhere. By the third act, I was barely even paying attention. Decided I had more fun working on my physics problem set instead. D minus. I feel like that's even harsher than we usually are. Yeah, much harsher. I there is also an argument about all the the sex gags in this one, Mount. There's people complaining, thinking that this sh- the the it was it's not like The Simpsons. Well, I mean, The Simpsons has had sex gags going at the beginning, but the ones in this one are particularly crass. I feel like, especially like the Mummy Boner one, like that was just unnecessary. And I mean, there's that, and there's Homer saying "I'm horny" through his his locked jaw. Yeah, and no one, yeah. Marge, can understand him. Uh, you know, and there is the array of gags at the gay pride parade. You know, there there's a lot of that stuff. And you're right. They're not I, I don't think it's I think it's the wrong tact when some people argue about this. It's not really that they don't belong in the Simpsons. I think they just need to be a little bit smarter. And I don't think that this they, these jokes are not Homer saying I'm horny is not a joke. No, no, it's a unexpected thing that you just like that's just because that's not what you expect him to say uh, doesn't make it funny. And I think, I mean, I can forgive the mummy thing because it's making fun of dumb movies. There are dumb movies that are like that. And especially then. Like, that was, two thousand mid-2000s was the height of the post-American Pie boner comedy revival. And they were all terrible. Yep. Like, the Saving Silvermans and the... Tom Green's of the world. Ooh, Tom Green. Ouch. No, not a fan of Tom Green, Matt. 
Not really, no. I actually, uh, I don't hate Saving Silverman. It's got its moments that are halfway decent. But uh, yeah, Tom Green, just just no. Road Trip. Oh, that's a bad one, yeah. Movies like that. There's there's so many of them, though. There was, you know, they, they were relatively cheap to make, and so they just flooded that. And like, uh, Something About Mary was the other one. Like, American Pie is Something yeah. About Mary. We're like, let's make these movies. And then they were huge successes, so there's a bunch of clones. And so I think this is definitely just like trying to parody those. Um, not much else on the news group, the forum. This week, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite food quote? Matt. Hmm. Turns out there's a lot of food quotes in The Simpsons. Uh, shocking. Absolutely shocking. Yeah, there's a, a lot of responses for this. I was very, very uh, kind of surprised how many we got. I thank everyone for taking the time to answer. Uh, buckle in. First from Lauren, uh, Marge. I better go. Ch- oh, I better go check on them now. Homer, don't you eat this pie? All right, Marge. Homer. All right, pie. I'm gonna start doing this. Chomp, chomp, chomp. And if you get eaten, it's your own fault. Then Homer hits his head. <laughs> oh, the hell with it. Eats the pie anyway. Very fantastic. I can't do that scene justice with me. Just my transcription. Well, no, of course not. That's a, that's a very visual gag. It is from Andy. My baloney has a first name. It's H O M E R. My baloney has a second name. It's H O M E R. Homer, Homer. Uh, from Joe, I've appetized your breakfast. You can start with the waffles and work your way up to the Zwieback. <laughs> do we, we ever figure out what Zwieback is, Matt? Uh, I believe it is a bread product. It's like uh, Melba Toast. Melba Toast. I'm thinking of the right thing. Yes, it is the little tiny. It's it little yep. tiny. I think it's a. Kind of... it's Zvibak. All right, all right. It's German. I have to know these things, or else I get in trouble. Sure. Uh, from James, I have been known on occasion to sing the Homer for critic song when in buffet line, great at weddings. I like pizza. I like bagels. I like hot dogs with mustard and beer. I'll eat eggplant. I could even eat a baby deer. La 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 la. Who's that baby deer? Why is Homer talking uh-huh. about? I'm not Dan Castellaneta, Matt. Okay, I'm not even I making claims. I'm not making claims. I know, Robbie. <laughs> for next from Ashley. Mmm. Forbidden donut. Uh, from Bill. There's still food, but I don't want to eat it. I've become everything I've ever hated. Uh, from Chris. Ooh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. Uh-huh. it's true uh, from Lisa I can't believe I ate the whole thing that is one of the best food quotes of all time not even it the Simpsons mine. it's in, in, yeah. in all of Earth's history um, from Jeff Marge I like to be alone with a sandwich for a moment are you going to eat it? yes <laughs> that's the that's the that's the Duff Gardens disgusting sandwich I believe yeah. uh, from Rebecca if you really wanted us to be neater, you'd serve us out of one long bowl. You're talking about a trough. We're not going to eat from a trough. And another thing, it's only 515. Uh, the quote comes out a lot in our place with two small kids. Well, yeah. Uh, from Zach. Dad, it says non-toxic. <laughs> well, that's a plus. Um, from Mike. Uh, the pig of resistance in at least the vegetarian it's just a little dirty it's still good it's still good it's just a little slimy it's still good it's still good it's just a little airborne it's still good it's gone i know 
I quoted that. I quote that a lot. It's still good. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the honorable mention, Ralph, eating tomaco. It tastes like grandma. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> from Caroline. Mmm, sacrilegious. Sacrilegious? Sacrilegious. Uh, from Izzy. I can never be mad at you, sandwich. <laughs> uh, from Ash. You don't win friends with salad. 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 I was I was doing the dance. Let you guys know, listeners at home, I was doing the dance. Uh, from Ben, mmm, unexplained bacon. Uh, from Brian, if you're not sure about something, rub it against a piece of paper. If the paper turns clear, it's your window to weight gain. Bye-bye, everybody. Uh, from Brendan, Oregano? What the hell? <laughs> uh, from Will, Will's World MN, from Summer 442, Marge, put food in me. Homer, I'll take that. Put food in me. Uh, from Mitch at Mitch 13, Donuts, is there anything they can't do? Uh, from Zach at Zach Kowalski, mmm, fattening. Lauren at El Columbia 8, they taste like burning. Uh, Abby at Energy Turtle, my theory is, Skinner likes dog food. A uh, very underrated quote from a very underrated episode of The Principal and the Popper. Uh, Tweety Man at Tweety Man 17. I heard your dad went into a restaurant and ate everything in the restaurant and they had to close the restaurant. The lack of the lack of punctuation is the best part of that. Uh, well, Je- yeah. Jess at Jess D240. That's nothing. He can hear pudding. <laughs> uh, Spike at your apocalypse. Steak? Money's too tight for steak. Steak? Uh, sure steak uh cole at breathlessness all right i'm gonna do my best with this one matt this delivery is important oh they hate me what courtroom were you in just get that big egg to my house and we'll buy him off with a banana or two uh i love when burns yells Oh, yeah, because it, it sounds just like an old man yelling. <laughs> it never happens. It, it's very rare. It's always great. Uh, from Examblore at Examblore. Don't know if this counts, but the whole sequence with the Good Morning Burger and Homer being infatuated from oh, with... Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, the Good Morning Burger is... is and just, it's, it's funny because that is now a thing at every burger place you go to. <laughs> yeah, just get the Good Morning Burger. <laughs> Nothing like 17,000 calories to start your day. Exactly. Uh, all you'll need to eat for the whole day. At, Don- you won't. at Donnie, at the Dessou, uh use the open face club, the sandwich. Mmm, open face club sandwich. Jay's face, at Coach Jay's face. In America, first you get the sugar, then you get the power, then you get the women. And finally, from Anthony at Aviation Photo AC. My phone, my mind was blown with this one from this quote by Homer from episode 5 of season 23, The Food Wife. All right, food nerds, reality check. All the food in those pictures is poop by now. Mind's blown. You're welcome. <laughs> Matt, what, Matt, what is your answer? Uh, my episode is, or my, uh, is from the episode where Homer is obviously a food critic. Or not a food critic. Uh, the El Viaje no, uh, Misterioso de Nuestro Homer, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, when Homer is tasting the chilies and he's like, one, two... Hey, wait a minute. This is only two alarm chili. And that's like Ned responds, Oh, it's a two two and a half tops and uh little rod ass or Todd asks, Are you going to jail? We'll see, son. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. My answer, Matt, is also from the Mysterious Voyage of Homer. Oh. And it's 
and there's tons of great quotes because the oregano quote is also from that episode uh which i also love it's one of my favorite marge quotes but i'm gonna talk about after homer starts eating the peppers and uh who says it i think dr rabbit's like smoke should be coming out of his ears and moe's like his ears if we're lucky (laughs) oh yeah i was it's so and that's what i mean i think yeah disgusting it's disgusting and crass but also fitting and perfect and like that's the and the layers we always talk about the layers of humor and response 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 and way they subvert each other and revert back to the 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 central tenet of the joke in the first place so good on next week's question what is what is your favorite action set piece we made fun of them over the years of the school years we're like third act set pieces action set pieces zany set zany action stuff it doesn't have to be zany give me any action there's plenty of it in the simpsons um post this question on all the social media facebook.com slash the simpson show pod twitter at simpson show pod you can email us at simpson show pod at gmail.com also go to our website and find links to all that stuff next up matt it is time for the no go cherry challenge i am too smart i am too smart smrt i mean smart the no go trivia challenges for matt and i each challenge each other with three trivia questions one easy one medium and one hard try and stump the other I have one point lead, Matt. We'll see about that. Mwahaha. I'm kidding. My questions aren't that hard this week. Uh-huh. Matt, you say that every week? Well, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, I do, don't I? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, you ready for an easy question, Matt? I'm ready. These are all from Bart of Darkness. Okay. How does Bart break his leg? Uh, he falls out of the tree uh, when Nelson uh, tells him that his epidermis is showing. Epidermis is your hair. <laughs> see, it's funny because it's true. Pardon me a moment. Ha ha. <laughs> I think he's really hurt. I said ha ha. Oh, Nelson. What's my easy question? Your easy question. Where does Homer get a job after he quits the power plant and, and Maggie makes three? Uh, he has the, to do one of his favorite hobbies. The bowling alley. He works at the bowling you alley. You are correct. That's not the episode where he uh, talks about shooting a shotgun into the air, is it? Or is that the same episode? Uh, it is, actually. Okay. Is I was, I'm never sure if, if that's the one. Uh, Mom, make Dad tell the real story. He is. is. That's how it really happens. <laughs> Your medium question, Matt. Who's the guest? Actually, I'll. This is the. I'll open this up because there's two of them. Who are either of the guests on the two crushy reruns we see? Um. Okay. It is. Uh. AFL CIO Chairman George Meany. The second one is Robbie Shankar. You only had to say one, Matt. You don't have to show off. <laughs> was that right? Yes. Both of them were right? Oh my god, I can't believe that. <laughs> What's my right, question, question, Matt? Who was it that finally clued Homer into Marge's pregnancy? Flanders. I think it's Flanders. It's because someone, they, everyone says congratulations, but they don't say what for. And then finally, I, someone says congratulations on the new job and that is the thing that makes him go marge is pregnant and i think it's flanders that says that i'm not sure but i think it's flanders matt i'm trying to think of a way to say this because i don't know to whom you're referring but i'm pretty sure that gives you a clue to the real answer (sighs) who am i referring 
Yeah, who are you referring to? Oh, oh, you can't. God, see, see, yeah. that's why it sucks. <laughs> you can't. That. I mean, it, it's it's not Flanders. It's Flanders' wife. It's it's uh, Maud. Then I mean, she's still Flanders. She's she is a, stupid Flanders. She, she is a Flanders. I don't know. It's it's Maud. That makes yes, Maud Flanders. That makes. Yeah. I don't. Okay. Know that. Yes, that is correct. Okay, I'll take it. I'm not gonna. Your hard question, Matt, and I think one of us has asked this question before. Mm-hmm. But whatever. What are the available pools for purchase? There's four of them. The, oh, pools. Yes, I believe you have also asked this. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, there's the uh, Instarust, the Tinkler, uh, the Hick Tub, and I want to say the Lightning Magnet. You're right. Oh man, I was so not sure about Lightning Magnet. <laughs> That's what happens when you ask a question. That's what we've already gone through. I wasn't sure though. I wasn't. I. I'm not going to go check uh, the records or archives. Oh, of course not. Of course not. I don't have a big spreadsheet like you do, Matt. Oh well, you should. Anyway, uh-huh. your hard question. Uh-huh. What is the name of the two people Patty and Selma tell about Marge's pregnancy, knowing that they are the biggest gossips in town? I mean, I. I mean, I know the biggest gossips in town. At least I know Helen Lovejoy is technically is widely considered the biggest gossip in Springfield. I don't know if in that episode she's considered the biggest. The biggest. She gossip. is not. I'll give you that. Yeah. She is not the one they talk. Yeah, I think they just go to arbitrary people. Um, I can't. I don't know. I got nothing. It is A. Aronson and Z. Zakowski. Because <laughs> the joke is they open with the phone book and that's the first name and the last uh, name. It's a thing that they called everybody, but it's really just those two. Right. Biggest... Which is an even better joke, honestly. <laughs> now you're in the lead again, Matt. Oh, I'm sorry. Why? I'm sorry. I remember the question we already asked. <sighs> Matt, I don't remember all the questions. I don't remember the answers to all the questions we already asked. Because I'm dumb. No, Robbie, you're not dumb. Uh, <laughs> I can't be. All right. Uh, we can move on. With that, to our final segment, saying we end every single episode with, it's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the show Matt and I rank the episodes categorically so we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. All right. Matt. This one's hard because it's not bad. I mean, if I think it rates above any season 12 episode that I can think of, except possibly, uh, what was it, Homer? Uh, although I think it probably better than that one. I would have to think it through. And like Trilogy of Error. Those are the only season 12 episodes I can think that would be better than this one. I think it actually fits in pretty well around Homer because that's around around one in the one forties because it's right around Mom and Pop art and they save these. I would not put it that high, Matt. Okay, I would not put it that. I would put it over most of season twelve. I think I would not put it one forty. That is very high. Like, fair enough. What about down in like the one sixties? Because the computer who wore men's shoes is our current one sixty. And I think, honestly, I feel like this episode is better. I'm sure you will disagree with your prisoner love. <laughs> yeah, I I think, I don't think this episode is better than that uh, because of my prisoner love. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would put it in probably in, hmm, I'd probably put it above the Cartridge family, which is number 181. Lord okay. of the Dance is right above that. I don't know. There's the, the, all these this this batch of episodes like above Karcher's family. 
between that and Simpsons spinoff showcase, I think, I don't know, are largely better than this episode. I don't know. Maybe you could talk to me, maybe like Trouble with Trillions. This might be better than that. Or Meredith Mob. I mean, it's definitely better than Das Bus. That's for sure. Uh, I'm questioning all that. I don't know. Uh, 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 You and your Das Bus love. I like Das Bus. I'm not going to lie. I like that episode. I think, I don't know, it's it's a tricky one. I I think, you know, I, I would... Well, what about, okay, She of Little Faith is our, our, I think, our highest season 13 episode so far. Is it better than that? Where's that? Oh, 175? Um, no, I don't think so. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. That's why I'm like, that's the problem with doing it. It piecemeal like this. I think it is probably not as good as Our Brother Where Art Thou, possibly better than 30 Minutes Over Tokyo. Uh, yeah. This is tricky. This is really hard. I think it's below a brother art though. I'm debating if it's better than 30 minutes over Tokyo. Um, I think 30 minutes of Tokyo is very entertaining. It doesn't tell mm. much of a story though. And this actually has a story. 30 minutes That's... of Tokyo is just kind of like a bunch of dirty Tokyo Jack gags, which is fine. You know, um, the Japanese technology and epilepsy, whatever. Uh, I think this is slightly better. I'll put this one. Oh, I'll put it in between. How about that? Sounds good. In between our brother right down 30 minutes over Tokyo. That puts it number 170, new 177 on the list, Jaws, Wired Shut. I also, hey, uh, I'm going to, another shout out, appreciation for this episode. The title, Jaws, Wired Shut. I know it's doing eyes wide open kind of parody kind of thing, but. Is that what it's supposed to be? I'm fairly certain, yes. But I, I, I like the simplicity. It's three words. It's not, you know. 20 that i have to type 100 times so it's jaws wired shut new number 177 on the list first place is still homer's enemy last place is still simpsons safari simpsons safari is terrible well yeah our next episode matt is half decent proposal oh is the Artie ziff episode return of Artie ziff oh snap i don't remember this much i like john lovitz i like Artie ziff I hope that it is better than I, better than average. How about that? I hope it's better than average. All right then. My cra- than my crazy expectation that I hope that it's better than average. Um, you find this list on our website, it's the dot com. Links to everything there. Our Facebook, our Twitter, our RSS feed, a link to our Patreon. If you want to throw the show a couple dollars, really appreciate it. Help pay for posting. Uh, we we we're very thankful for all our all our supporters. Uh, that'll just about do it for us today. But before we go, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. You can check out my website. It's RobbieDorman.com. Find links to all my stuff, all my podcasts. The Hands of Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books. Zero Finesse. It's about nerdy stuff. And links to buy my books. Uh, Truth, my newest horror novel, is out now, available on Amazon. You can also read it for free, Kindle Unlimited. Go check that out. I really appreciate it. And leave a review. Hey, if you read it, you liked it, leave a review. It's very helpful. Um, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That is true, but I have been working on transcranial stimulation. So all you'll need to do to get me a question is to come to my house, sit in a chair, and let me put a helmet on you that's going to shoot uh, electricity through your brain. That way it will get transmitted to my brain directly, and it's completely secure. No need to worry about any security. Uh, The government totally cannot get into you. Matt, I I don't... Do you think just anyone's going to just come in and let you shoot electricity into their brain? Yeah, why not? It's totally secure. I'm Robbie. 
And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.